Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a cryptid podcast. I'm your host, Josh. On the 13th of each month, I come out with a new episode focused on a cryptid that I find super fascinating and weird. And if you still don't know what a cryptid is, it is defined as an animal that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist. Now, cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings. Although many of them are, some cryptids have actually become documented animals. Make sure you go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, and check out the posts I make for each episode and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. We are so excited to be selling a limited number of Out There stickers for this holiday season. Hurry and secure your order. You will receive an Out There Cryptid Podcast sticker along with a special note from me inside. Don't miss the chance to have your very own piece of Out There history. The order form link is in the bio on Instagram, so run and get your orders in before they are all gone. Today's episode is something we've really only talked about once before. A case that jolted a small town where a logger vanished, only to return days later with a hair-raising story of being snatched by aliens. The eerie events blur the line between the known and the unknown, leaving chills in their wake. This month, we are talking about the Travis Walton abduction. Let's dive in. A group of loggers, including Travis Walton, embarked on what would become a life-altering journey. The mission was straightforward, clear the forest of trees to make way for a power line. Little did they know that this seemingly routine task would lead to an encounter that would capture the imagination of the world and spark debates that continue to this day. November 5th, 1975, Apache Sit Grievous National Forest near Snowflake, Arizona, United States of America. As the group of seven loggers worked diligently with chainsaws, the sun began to set, casting long shadows amongst the towering trees. The air was crisp, and the forest was enveloped in an eerie calm. The men were ready to call it a day and return to town when something out of the ordinary captured their attention. Above the treetops, a mysterious and intense light illuminated the evening sky. The light wasn't from any known source. Its brilliance was otherworldly. As they watched transfixed by the sight, the loggers realized they were witnessing something extraordinary. A flying saucer-like object hovering silently in the distance. Filled with a mix of awe and trepidation, the men huddled together in the truck, their eyes fixed on the unknown craft. It was at this moment that Travis Walton, driven by a mix of curiosity and perhaps recklessness, decided to leave the safety of the truck and approach the mysterious object. As Travis stepped out of the truck and drew closer to the illuminated craft, the air seemed to crackle with an electric tension. Suddenly, a brilliant beam of light shot forth from the craft's underside, striking Travis directly. Witnesses later described the blinding light as intense and bluish-white, and the force of it lifted Travis off his feet, causing him to stumble backwards. In the 
truck, panic ensued. The remaining loggers, overwhelmed by fear and shock, hastily started the engine and sped away from the scene. In the rearview mirror, they caught a glimpse of Travis Walton's body lying motionless on the ground, surrounded by the unearthly glow of the craft. The loggers drove a short distance before fear took a hold of them, and they decided to return to the site. However, upon their return, Travis Walton was nowhere to be found. Frantic, they scoured the area, shouting his name, but their efforts were in vain. The loggers, now desperate and fearing for their own lives, fled the scene once again and raced into town to report what they had just witnessed. The local authorities, met with disbelief and confusion, launched a massive search for Travis Walton, fearing the worst. The massive search was conducted by law enforcement and volunteers to locate Walton. The initial suspicion falls on the loggers themselves, and so polygraph tests were conducted to assess their credibility. However, something happened just five days later that would shock everyone. Heber, Arizona. Travis appeared at a gas station, disoriented and appearing haggard. His clothes were tattered and his physical and mental state were visibly altered. He described the experience that defied all rational explanation, an encounter with beings he believed to be extraterrestrial. According to Travis, he awoke on a cold, metallic table in a dimly lit room. His surroundings were sterile and unfamiliar, and he was surrounded by three short, bald creatures with large, compelling eyes. His memory of the events that followed were fragmented, but he described undergoing medical examinations and encountering technology that was beyond human comprehension. Travis's return sent shockwaves through the community and beyond, igniting a firestorm of speculation, disbelief, and fascination. Walton undergoes many medical examinations and is found to be in good health physically. But he shows signs of stress and trauma, but nothing to explain his story or all the missing time. The media catches wind of the story, and the case gains widespread attention. Local newspapers and radio stations were among the first to report on the disappearance, framing it as a mysterious and puzzling event. The news of a UFO sighting and possible abduction spread rapidly through the small community, but the case quickly caught the attention of national and even international media outlets. News agencies like the Associated Press and United Press International picked up the story and broadcasted it to a wider audience. The mysterious nature of the case compiled with the claims of alien abduction made it a hot topic for tabloids and sensationalist media. Headlines screamed about UFOs, aliens, and government cover-ups sensationalizing the events and contributing to the public's fascination. Travis Walton and the loggers who witnessed the event found themselves thrusted into the spotlight. They were interviewed by various media outlets, both local and national, sharing their accounts of the abduction incident and the impact it had on their lives. Television programs, radio shows, and newspapers sought exclusive interviews with Walton and his companions. 
They recounted their experiences providing chilling details about the encounter and the days following Walton's disappearance. And all throughout this, Walton and the loggers underwent many rounds of polygraph tests, which were conducted by a retired police officer. Most of the loggers passed the tests, including Walton, although one logger's results were inconclusive. The logger whose polygraph test results were considered inconclusive in the Travis Walton abduction case was Alan Dallas. During the investigation into Walton's disappearance and the subsequent polygraph tests administered to the loggers, six out of the seven loggers were given polygraph tests and passed. These six loggers were Mike Rogers, Kenneth Peterson, John Goulet, Steve Pierce, Dwayne Smith, and Travis Walton himself. However, Alan Dallas, one of the loggers, did not receive a clear pass or fail result on his polygraph test. His results were deemed inconclusive, meaning that the polygraph examiner was unable to definitively determine whether he was telling the truth or not based on the test results. The inconclusive results regarding Alan Dallas's polygraph test has been highlighted by skeptics as the point of contention in the Walton case. Critics of the case often point to this inconclusive result as a potential indicator that there might have been inconsistencies or uncertainties in the loggers' testimonies about the events surrounding Walton's disappearance. It is important to note that polygraph tests are not universally accepted as foolproof indicators of truthfulness, and their accuracy can be influenced by various factors such as stress, anxiety, individual psychological responses. The inconclusive results for Alan Dallas might be due to such factors, and it's worth considering that polygraph tests have limitations when it comes to determining the absolute truth of an individual's account. In 1978, Travis Walton co-authored a book titled The Walton Experience with UFO researcher Dr. Berthold Schwartz. The book provided an in-depth account of the events leading up to and following the abduction. It detailed the emotional toll on Walton and the loggers, as well as their experiences with skepticism and media scrutiny. The public reaction to the release of the Walton experience was a mix of intrigue, fascination, and skepticism. The book provided an in-depth account of the events surrounding Walton's alleged abduction by these extraterrestrial beings. Many UFO enthusiasts and believers in the existence of extraterrestrial life were captivated by this book. They saw it as first-hand account of an alien encounter offering insights into the mysterious world of UFO abductions. The book's detailed descriptions of the abduction experience resonated with those who already believed in such phenomena. But on the flip side, skeptics of the case remained unconvinced by the book's claims. They questioned the credibility of the witnesses, scrutinized the inconsistencies in their testimonies, and highlighted the lack of concrete physical evidence to support the abduction narrative. Some critics dismissed the book as a work of fiction designed for financial gain. Either way, it generated a fresh wave of media attention. Tabloids and sensationalist outlets seized upon the story, amplifying the more sensational aspects of the narrative to attract readers. This led to both increased interest and heightened skepticism. 
it played a significant role in shaping the public's perception of the case and has continued to be a focal point in conversations about the possibility of alien contact. Then, in 1993, a documentary titled Travis, The True Story of Travis Walton was released. The documentary featured interviews with Walton, other witnesses, and experts, aiming to provide a comprehensive overview of the case and the aftermath. Those who already believed in the authenticity of Walton's abduction story embraced the documentary as validation of their beliefs. They saw it as an opportunity to hear first-hand accounts from witnesses and experts, reinforcing their conviction that Walton's experience was genuine. But skeptics of the Travis Walton case were not swayed by the documentary. They continued to raise questions about the consistency of the witnesses' testimonies, the lack of physical evidence, and the potential for hoaxing or misinterpretation. For critics, the documentary did little to alleviate their doubts. However, the documentary reignited debates and discussions within the UFO and paranormal communities. The documentary's release sparked fresh conversations about the authenticity of alien abduction accounts, the nature of evidence, and the implications of such encounters. It also became an integral part of this case's legacy. It offered a comprehensive overview of the events, allowing viewers to hear directly from the individuals involved. The documentary's interviews and reenactments further cemented the abduction narrative in the minds of some viewers. Now that we have all this information, let's go over a more detailed timeline of events that we can gather from both the documentary and book and witness statements. So, Travis Walton, along with his co-workers, finish a day's work on a logging contract. Approximately 6.10 p.m., the crew leaves the worksite and drives towards the town of Heber. Around 6.30 p.m., while driving through the National Forest, the crew members spot a bright light in the sky. They describe it as a luminous object with a golden light. 6.45 p.m., the crew reaches a clearing where they observe the object more closely. Walton decides to approach it on foot against the advice of his colleagues. Approximately 7.30 p.m., according to the initial witness statements from the crew, they claim that Walton was struck by a beam of light emanating by the object. In shock and fear, the crew leaves the scene, leaving Walton behind. Night of November 5th to November 10th, the remaining crew members report the incident to local authorities and investigation begins. All the while on the craft, Walton explains that after being struck by the beam of light, he remembers losing consciousness. Upon regaining it, Walton claims to find himself lying on a table inside a brightly lit, sterile-looking room within the spacecraft. Walton asserts that he encountered humanoid, non-human entities, described as beings with large heads, large eyes, and small mouths. These beings are commonly referred to as gray aliens. He alleges that communication with these beings were nonverbal and telepathic in nature. He describes feeling fear and confusion during the encounter. According to Walton, he was subjected to a medical examination by these extraterrestrial beings. The nature of the examination, as described by him, includes the use of various instruments and procedures that he found invasive and disturbing. He alleged during the abduction 
that he encountered a more human-like figure on the spacecraft. This being, according to his account, wore a helmet and led him to another room. He describes exploring parts of the spacecraft on his own. He observed what he believed to be a star map and speculated that it could be the alien's point of origin. After a period that Walton claims felt like several hours, he suddenly found himself back in the forest. He witnessed the UFO departing, leaving him disoriented and confused. November 10th, 1975, at approximately 12 in the morning, Travis Walton appears at the gas station. He appears disoriented, confused, and wearing clothes that seem different from what he had on when he disappeared. The authorities are notified and Walton is taken to a hospital in Show Low, Arizona for a medical examination. Now, after hearing this story, I thought it would be interesting to take a look at another case we've already discussed and compare the two. Walton's abduction account and Betty and Barney Hill's abduction account share some similarities as both involve alleged encounters with extraterrestrial beings, abductions, and medical examinations. However, there are also notable differences in the details and the way the experiences are described. So, here's a brief comparison of the two stories. Let's start with the similarities. Both accounts involve the individuals being taken aboard a spacecraft against their will. Walton claims to have been struck by a beam of light and taken abroad a UFO, while Betty and Barney Hill reported being taken from their car by non-human entities. Both stories describe encounters with non-human entities, though. Walton encountered gray aliens with large heads and eyes, while the Hills described beings with similar features. Both Walton and the Hills claim to have undergone medical examinations aboard the spacecrafts. These examinations involved the use of instruments and procedures that they found invasive and disturbing. Both accounts include instances of telepathic communication with these extraterrestrial beings. Communication was described as nonverbal and occurring through thought or mental imagery. Now, for differences, while both accounts involve encounters with these beings commonly referred to as gray aliens, the specific physical descriptions do differ. Walden's beings had small mouths, while the Hill's beings had slit-like mouths. Now, if you ask me, it's the same thing. However, it is slightly different, so we should include it here. Walden's abduction occurred after he was struck by the beam of light, and he woke up on board the spacecraft. But in contrast, the Hill's abduction involved them being taken from their car and transported into the spacecraft. Travis Walton described an encounter with a more human-like figure on his spacecraft wearing a helmet. The Hills did not report a similar encounter with a humanoid figure. The circumstances of returning to Earth also differ. Walton found himself back in the forest near the abduction site, while the Hills reported being returned to their car after the abduction event. Walton claimed to have seen what he believed to be a star map during his exploration of the space shift, and the Hills did not report a similar observation whatsoever. So, as we can see, there are about an even number of both similarities and differences. But it should be noted that the differences in the details of these stories may be attributed to individual perceptions, psychological factors, or the cultural context of the time in which the events were reported. But the similarities and unique aspects of each account contribute to the complexity and controversy surrounding these alleged UFO abductions. 
the Travis Walton case remains one of the most well-known and controversial UFO abduction cases in history, sparking ongoing discussions about the nature of the event and the possibility of extraterrestrial contact. But let's go into all of the possible explanations of this wild case. Let's start with maybe this really was a hoax or fabrication. One of the most common skeptical explanations is that the entire event was a hoax or a fabrication by Travis Walton and or other loggers. Critics argue they might have staged the disappearance for attention, fame, or financial gain. We know they did in fact get all of those things, but in the same vein, the witnesses could have encountered a prank or elaborate practical joke, which led them to misinterpret their experiences. This could explain the bright light and Travis Walton's disappearance as a staged event. But it is possible that this was just a misidentified natural phenomenon that got blown way out of proportion. It is possible that the witnesses misidentified a natural, atmospheric, or astronomical phenomenon as an alien spacecraft. Obstacle illusions, unusual lighting conditions, and even rare meteorological events could have contributed to the perceived UFO sighting. This then mixed with some sort of psychological experience is a very real possibility. Some psychologists suggest that the incident could have been a result of a psychological or emotional stress experienced by Walton and the other witnesses. Stress, fatigue, and group dynamics might have led to a shared delusion or altered perception of events. I mean, of course, it is possible that Walton might have experienced a vivid dream or even a hallucination during the period he went missing. This could account for his detailed descriptions of the abduction scenario. And then, media attention and subsequent storytelling could have influenced the witnesses' memories, causing them to remember the events differently from how they originally occurred. Another theory is that this was a military or experimental aircraft. Some speculate that what the witnesses saw might have been a classified military aircraft or experimental vehicle. The sudden appearance of advanced technology could have sparked confusion and fear, and then because of all this, the military needed to help create a wild story that no one would believe, or so they hoped. But it is also possible that the group was exposed to a toxic substance, either naturally or through a controlled experiment. Exposure to certain chemicals or toxins could have induced altered states of consciousness or hallucinations, leading to the perceived abduction event. Now, of course, they might have experienced a real genuine alien encounter. This is the explanation that believers in the case put forward. They argue that Walton's account is truthful and that he did experience an actual alien abduction. They speculate that the advanced extraterrestrial beings could have been conducting scientific examinations on him. Some theories suggest that the event might have been an encounter with these beings from another dimension rather than the traditional extraterrestrial visitors. This would explain the seemingly advanced technology and abrupt disappearance. In line with science fiction, some propose that the event involved time travel or temporal anomaly explaining Walton's missing time as a result of being inadvertently transported through time itself. In the absence of definitive evidence, though, the Walton abduction case remains open, 
to interpretation and continues to fuel debates among skeptics, believers, and those curious about the mysteries of the unknown. But if you ask me, I think that there really was something going on in those woods that night. So, what do you think? Are aliens really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow us and tell us all your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. It would mean a lot to us if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find the podcast and enjoy, just like you. One month from today, I will be reading more terrifying real cryptid tales from our favorite place, Reddit. See you next month. This episode is written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo design by Jason Zykes and theme music from PurplePlanet.com.